Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for tuning in again. I don't know if this is your first episode or your 213th episode, because that's how many we've done, and I'm sure someone out there has listened to all of them, and I'm just thrilled that you exist. But for many of you, this might be your first episode, your second, your tenth. I really want to welcome you to the Cool Things community. If you'd like to find out more information about us, there's a Facebook page for Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. You can follow us on Twitter and get the latest updates for the latest shows of the cool people we're interviewing, and that is at Cool Podcast. And you can also join the online coaching group, which we've put together called The Cool Things Project. You can find out information about that at TomSinger.com. Go over to the About button, and there's a drop-down that'll take you to the group coaching program information. And we have a fun group. We get together online uh, once a week, and we have a little conversation, and we have people in there who are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people with jobs who are just trying to be more entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurial. It is a warm, a warm conversation group where everybody is trying to just achieve more. So if you want to find out more about that, you can find that online or you can always reach out to me directly and I will tell you whatever you need to know. So we are going to jump into today's broadcast, and we have somebody who actually is an expert in the broadcasting business. It's always interesting when I'm podcasting from my daughter's bedroom. She has moved off to college in Pittsburgh, and I have turned her bedroom into my podcast studio slash office. It is uh, interesting when I have someone who actually has broadcast experience. But Steve Heimerman is actually a master storyteller. He spent 20 years in broadcast journalism before founding Tilt Motion, which is an award award-winning video production company. And let's face it, video is where it's at today. Now, I tell you this as we're on an audio podcast, but the fact is if you're trying to promote your business, you've got to have video because people prefer watching video over reading text. So you got to be involved with video. So I thought Steve would be a great person to have on the show. So Steve Heimerman, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate the time. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about Tilt Motion and what it is that your company does? Well, Tilt Motion is a uh, video production group, um, and we really we kind of hit it. Uh, we specialize in telling stories of innovation. Um, you know, have a background in journalism. Um, so, you know, really, our capabilities are pretty much anything you can think of. We can do live action motion graphics, animation, if you can think of it, you know, we can pretty much create it. And I really think um, the differentiator for our group versus a lot of other uh, production groups is our secret sauce is storytelling. Um, Our producers are all former journalists. Um, I can't think of a better storyteller than someone who's used to going out into the field, you know, grabbing the you know, grabbing the story, trying to figure out a great way to tell that story, coming back in about four hours, having to turn up a broadcast. So I think that's a great staple um, to have, uh, you know, have storytellers on staff. And then around that, we have a group of very talented post-production folks from the Minneapolis area. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great combination to be able to take storytellers with great production folks. So you started off in sort of a traditional broadcast you know, background. I mean, start off doing, I think you told me you started off doing video and then you were a producer and then you were the director of the news. I mean, that type of a background is something that people spend their whole life in and they retire at 70 years old. What caused you to leap out of that and start your own venture and, and, and become an entrepreneur? 
well, when was the hours, Tom? <laughs> pretty, pretty tough hours. No, but uh, um, I really felt um, at the time I was in the news business for about maybe 10 years or so. And then, then the Internet came along. And so I really felt, you know, to really stay on the edge of things, I wanted to maybe get into the Internet side of things. So I, I worked for a company that um, kind of took the traditional broadcast and then uh, took it online. So I worked for a company that uh, created a lot of websites for local TV stations. So that was a natural progression for, for me. And then after that, I said, you know, I really enjoy the production side of things. So that's when I went out and uh, created uh, Tilt Motion. And that is kind of, it's, it's really nice because it can kind of marry everything that I've learned from my previous 20 years and really try to you know, modernize it and bring it into the, you know, today's age. So it's, it's been a good journey. So how long ago did you start Tilt? Um, that's about five years ago. Oh, they say that's sort of the magic number for a company. So you're up and running full full steam. But I think you probably timed it really well because, you know, you bill yourself that you, you're a master storyteller, right? And, and that's what mm-hmm. you guys do is you help companies tell their story. And, you know, you've had accolades from companies big and small. I'm looking here on your bio and companies like Ford and Wells Fargo and United Healthcare, as well as some smaller organizations. You have actually helped them tell their story on video. And that's kind of a hot thing right now. So what – what made you pick that? Were you a visionary five years ago saying in five years video is going to be where it's at? Or was it just sort of that's your background and you sort of lucked into it? Well, it's kind of a combo. I mean, you know, I think everybody who's been successful has a little bit of luck on their side. Um, but I, I really felt that, you know, the innovation space, it was something that, you know, how do you how do you get ideas noticed? You know, you're not going to do it with a PowerPoint. You know, there's a lot of people that have tried to, you know, tell her, you know, I have a great idea. You know, how can I get that idea? Um, how can I get funding for that? How can I socialize it? How can I get feedback on it? And they create a PowerPoint. And it's just, you know, that just doesn't work very well. So I saw a little bit of a, an opening there where we could, you know, create video to tell that story of innovation. So having worked for big companies and, and, and gone off and done that and then launching out in your own venture, what do you love about the life you've created starting your own thing? Well, you know, it's it, it's a challenge at first, but I really do enjoy building things. I like building something. I've always liked that. Even um, every place I've always been, I've kind of started off building something new. Um, so that's really been what I've really enjoyed was kind of building something out of nothing. So are there ever days where you think back and think, you know, if I had stayed in the news business, I could just be producing the 6 o'clock news and not have to take it home and not have to worry about it on Saturday or or – you know, you ever wish you were back in the news game? You know, there were certain elements, and I think it's kind of in our DNA of our group that we have now. You know, we have a lot of former journalists, but I think a lot of times we all crave the excitement of it. You know, and there is something to be said about, you know, being in that moment and there's the deadline pressure and you really feel like you got to get something on the air. And it, it, it's very tense. And then when it's over, it's over. And you go home. It's a very bizarre thing. Um, and I do miss that sometimes. But it's funny how that culture of our group, you know, we have that news background. It seems to creep into the culture we have here. So there's a lot of immediacy to what we do. You know, there's a lot of we're very good with deadlines. We're very good with detail. Um, we're very good with the storytelling. So I think it's funny how I still have a little bit of that. And we actually have our, you know, our facility has a little bit of a newsroom feel to it, even the way we're laid out. So you know, it's still there. So it's kind of we've taken the best of it into the new um, into the new world here. I guess that's the best way to describe it. So I'm going to ask you kind of a weird question because I like to deviate from the planned stuff here, and this is mm-hmm. actually going to air after 
the presidential election here in the United States is over and decided. So, Mm -hmm. you know, coming from a news background, when there's something going on as crazy as this election season that we faced, is that when you miss it more? Do you look at what's going on with the elections right now and think, oh, my God, this is when I would want to be back in a newsroom? Well, there's a lot of great sound bites, I'll tell you that, <laughs> from a journalism point of view. But, um, you know, I got to tell you, it's it's funny, and I, this is kind of the same opinion of a lot of the, the people in our crew, is that they're really not missing it that much. I mean, it's very stressful. It's very, um, you know, it's and it gets in a little bit of a routine. You do a lot of, you know, Clinton stories or you do a lot of Trump stories. You know, they kind of start to lose their luster, I guess. But um, I, I always, what I really miss is kind of the live we i used to produce live election night and that was fun you know when you're calling out you know you're speaking into the the anchor's ear and you're you know updating the map and that kind of live action that's that's what i miss the most probably so and again we're not here to talk about election news coverage but is it weird watching this election as the media has become part of the story this time is that is that weird it's very strange and it seems like they've way too big a part of the election this year. I mean, it, it just, they should not be a part of it. True journalism, I don't think they should be the story. They should be reporting on the story. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I think we all we all believe that, but they, they seem to, election after election, become more of a player than a reporter. Correct. So anyway, we digress here. So, you know, we've talked about what you love and, and, and what you miss, but if somebody out there, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're in a job that is with, you know, a big company like you were with or, or, or something like that, and, and they sort of have this desire, they want to build things on their own. They have that same little pang inside of them that you described. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to jump out and start their own thing? Well, I think um, you have to be resilient, you know, I think it's really, um, there are good days and there are bad days, you know, there, and there's a lot of pressure with it. Um, but I really, I think there's some, you got some real highs and some real lows, but I think for the most part, um, it's a great experience. Um, I, I really enjoy doing something new every day. I, I probably learn, I've learned more in the last five years than I did the previous 20. Um, I, I just feel like when you have that kind of extra, um, stress or that extra, um, responsibility, you are forced to learn on the fly. And I think that's, you know, ultimately, it's great for your own development. So when you started your business, did you have employees right away or did you do this on your own for a while? No, I had a very, it was just myself and a few others, um, just a couple others. And we kind of set it up and were really able to make sure we could, you know, have a good footing. And then we slowly, I'm, I'm, I'm not your, maybe your typical entrepreneur where, I'm, I'm kind of conservative. I always joke, you know, my, my mother was very artistic and my father was a banker. So I have kind of this <laughs> left-right brain balance. And I really believe that, um, you know, I'm, I believe in building responsibly, you know, because if you hire people on, I feel responsible for them. Um, so I think it's really important to hire, hire well and at the right time and not to overextend. I'd rather have a smaller group that's working really hard than to have, um, you know, jeopardizing people's livelihoods. So 
um, I think it's really responsible to do that. And I'm just kind of a fiscally conservative kind of guy. So I asked the question because I have a lot of people who listen to the show who who truly are solopreneurs, like myself, right? I'm a professional speaker and professional master of ceremonies. I, I pretty much am chief bottle washer. I do everything around here myself. I, I plan the podcast. I run the podcast when I'm going to a conference to speak. I book my own travel. I'm, I'm truly a solopreneur. And a lot of people who listen to the show kind of are that as well. And I asked the question because is it hard as you grow from being just that small shop? Even if you're being fiscally conservative and not taking risks, is it hard to find the right people? Yeah, you know, it can be. I'm, I think I'm in a little different situation because I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of different people. So a lot of the people that um, I have on my team now, I worked with over the last 20 years. <laughs> um, so I have a little bit of a leg up. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit uh, older in years, but um it's, I think it's really helpful, but on top of that, I, I, I figured it out relatively early that there's a real value in the journalism uh, part of the equation for me. I really think that once I identified that, you know, for our producers, we need to have journalists, and then it became easy, and then I knew what I was looking for. And when I once I figured out the production side of things, these are the skill sets I was really looking for. It actually became a lot easier. But, you know, those first years, you have to figure out, oh, what do I need to hire? What do I? What are the gaps, and how do I... You know, who do I get? What are the skill sets I need? And, you know, once you figure that out and you kind of get a lay of the land, then it's it's not hard to find the right people. So that kind of transitions right into the next question. And that really is how important for an entrepreneur, for someone who's running a business, how important is your network? How important are the people you've worked with in the past and the new people you meet in, in your industry and in your community? How How important really is networking? I think it's very important. I mean, you know, there's a couple areas, just the people that you surround yourself with, you know, surrounding yourself with people are in many ways better than yourself. Um, it's really important um, to surround yourself. Plus, you know, when you're talking about networking, um, you can get introduced to a lot of people that can maybe help you. You can share ideas. Um, you can, um, you know, network to meet new people. There might be people working on very similar ideas. And I think it's really important to, you know, kind of share um, you know, in those ideas and you can help each other out quite a bit. You can uh, double those networks in size if you just start to do that. So what have you done to network? What, what types of things have you participated in over the years? Well, I've done some of these, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, kind of um, groups, if you will, in meetups. You know, I'll go to those meetups and I'll just kind of talk to people about, you know, what they're working on. And it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be in video area. I mean, we do a lot of work for entre or for innovators. So I'll go to those, you know, just kind of trying to figure out if I can maybe help someone out. But then along the way, you just learn to meet a lot of people. And then conferences, I've done some innovation conferences. You know, you meet a lot of people there, and then you, you make sure you stay in contact with them after. You know, basically a lot of, uh, you know, just getting to know people and, and getting to know them in the space. So, Steve, I've got a couple more questions for you. Mm -hmm. But first... I've got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Steve Heimerman. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and see the exclusive offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Steve, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. 
What is the coolest thing, the, the most new and exciting thing that you're doing in your business right now? Well, I think um, data. You know, everything, everybody talks about data. And I really think that's the future of video. And that's where I'm focusing a lot of attention lately. I, I think there's ways to take data. There's ways to take that data and, you know, kind of build a message that is very customized to audience. Um, there's ability to, to take that data and really get people to maybe persuade them to do things um, you'd like them to do. You know, there's, there's ways to get, you know, good outcomes. Um, so I, I really think it's about the data and how that affects video. So give me an example. How does data affect video? Well, let's say um, you have data. It would um, it could be fed into, you know, fr- from from what you're trying to uh, accomplish. You you decide what am I trying to accomplish here, and then you look at the profiles of the people you are trying to communicate with, and maybe you craft that message. It's a little bit more customized to maybe resonate um, with where someone is in a journey, or you know what, what you're trying to in- influence. It's it's really a way to. Um, get the customer or the client to um, engage them more appropriately. So I'm thinking right now, because video in my business is, is, is huge. I mean, if you go to TomSinger.com, one of the first things you're going to see is my speaker video. And it's a video of, of me on stage, you know, so that people can see that the work that I do. But it also tells a story of, of who I am as, as a person and who I am as, as a master of ceremonies or a keynote speaker that someone's going to hire. And so I know how important video is. But if someone has, gosh, I don't know, uh, a car dealership or if someone has a bakery what do you tell them about why they should have video? Why why does a, a bakery need a video? Well, I think I, I think a lot of like in the innovation space, for instance, I, I think that's always a, a great area because just because I'm in that area, if anybody's ever trying to innovate or they have a new idea, I think it's really um, video is really important because of the um, if you have an idea, it's very difficult to get that idea across, you know, in, in a PowerPoint. Um, it's very difficult to get that idea across because it's just not very engaging. So what we try to do is we try to take ideas, and then many times those ideas don't even exist. And we'll, we'll create a video, and, we'll, and between, between the graphics that we create or the stories that we tell, we can make a product or an idea come to life. So for me, um, the power of video, you can take a great idea, you can make it come alive. Um, that you really emotionally move someone. Let's say you have an idea um, that really affects someone's life. You could actually go and interview that person or show that person and how it affects them. And it's really uh, a great way to engage. Um, we, we, we've just found it to be um, – we've had a couple times where we've had products that were almost on the brink of losing their funding, and we've created videos for those those products. And after that video is shown, the funding comes back. I mean, we've seen that direct hit. Video is extremely powerful for innovators. So who's the ideal client for Tilt Motion? I mean, who, who is it that when you see a company, you say, yep, that's somebody we should be working with. You talked about, about people who are innovating. What, is the, what does that look like? Well, it's any, I, I really do believe there, there's a, you know, those early stage of innovation. I, I think, you know, Maybe we're not the best for right out of the bat, but I think once you start to get an idea of uh, what your product is, then I think that's where we are um, very helpful. Uh, we we can help get that um, that that idea funded. We can help socialize it. Um, we can help get that idea out there. 
you know, get attention. It, it's, uh, it's very powerful. Um, so I think that's kind of our sweet spot. We work in the healthcare area. We work in the innovation area. Uh, we work in a lot of different areas, um, but I, I really feel that that's kind of in our DNA because that's what we started doing is that innovation space. And do you work with clients all over the United States, all over the world? Yes, we do. We work with a lot of Fortune 100s. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work over the years. And, you know, it started out in the innovation space and has worked in other areas as well. Awesome. So, Steve, one of the questions I love to ask people who come on this show, and because you work around so many people who are doing innovative things, this question's either going to be easy for you or you're going to be like, oh, my God, 400 names just came to mind. But I think great entrepreneurs, I, I think they're observers. So I love to ask the people who come on this show, not about your company, but who's another entrepreneur? Who's someone out there who you see doing something where you think, wow, they're, they're crushing it. That, that's really cool. Well, in the in the video area, I don't have a specific person as much as I do, you know, virtual reality to me is mm. has endless possibilities. I just think that's untapped. Right now, I think you think of it as, oh, you put this thing on your, your head and, you know, you can be somewhere else. We haven't even approached what we can do with that. And that's an area that I'm very interested in. I think that would, I mean, the ability to, you know, transplant someone into another world. I mean, think of all the different things you could do. I mean, it's, it's. I, I believe we've just scratched the surface on that, and that's definitely an area that I'd like to kind of look into as well. It's um, it's it's very interesting. I don't know if you've had a chance to do a virtual reality at all, but it's 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 a, a fabulous. Uh, so I, I technology. I have, and I actually was a big fan of what they did with the Harry Potter ride, where it's sort of part traditional roller coaster because you're on a track and it moves, and then part of it is video, where the video is moving along with you. And so that's not exactly virtual reality, but it's sort of a hybrid of what they did. And when I got off that ride at, at Orlando, you know, Universal Studios Orlando, I walked up and said, "That's the greatest thing I've ever experienced," because mm -hmm. of the way they incorporated video you know, into it. And so, uh, the, you know, the virtual reality is even the next step beyond that. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of, you know, innovation, you know, area, I, I, thinking of healthcare, what you could do with the virtual reality, you know, there's, there's just so many things you could do for patients. There's so many different things you could do for, you know, just so many possibilities about, you know, maybe therapy. Um, you know, th there's so many areas that it could be helpful that, um, it's definitely an area that I think is going to blow up here in the next few years, and that's something that we definitely want to um, be on the front edge of. So I, I look forward to kind of looking into that. That'll be awesome. So you're going to be cutting edge in, in virtual reality and doing the video for those for those tools. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, a lot of it's graphic based right now, and I'd like to get into more of the you know bringing video into virtual reality. Yeah, well, I think that's the next. I think that's the next step for it. Hey, the final question I like to leave everybody with is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? And the reason I ask that is, in addition to being good observers, I also think that I also think entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. I, I think they want to to leave a mark somehow. So I love to ask the people who come on this show, what what, what do you do? Well, um, our sweet spot, of course, is storytelling. So there are a lot of times our group is very passionate about that, um, about the storytelling aspect. And every year we do two to three um, charity videos. And what we do is, um, uh, with the help of some partners, what we do is we, uh, we, we find some organizations that we really feel could use a little help in telling their story. And so what we've done is we usually do a you know one or, day, one or two day shoot where we kind of emerge ourselves with the organization 
And we really try to find out what that story is all about. And then we, um, we give them that video that they can use for, you know, raising funds for their, their charity or putting it on the website or whatever they would like to do with it. It's a very, um, it's probably, um, my group, it's probably the favorite thing, our favorite thing we do all year long. Um, it's very, very emotional. Um, and it, it just feels good to do it. So it's, uh, and, they, and they get a lot of um, good funding out of it and, and awareness. Well, and I love the way you're able to take your talents and in turn create something that can help them raise awareness or raise money or, you know, all the things that charitable causes have to do to, to get those eyeballs because there's so much, I mean, I hate to say it's competition, but there is so much competition for, for donors and, and, and for participants and volunteers. I mean, in a way, it's great that you can take your skill set that you, you know, you sell and turn around and give that to two or three charities a year. That's that's awesome. That's and it's a great. I think it's a great inspiration for a lot of people out there because so many of us have innate talents that we've never thought about. That you know, someone needs those talents, and if we can donate those talents, all of a sudden it's a win-win. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the group—they're extremely talented and they're very passionate um, about doing it. So. It's, it's fun to do it as a team, too. I think it's almost a team-building exercise as well. I mean, that's not why we're doing it, but I mean, I think it brings the group uh, closer together. Sure, and anytime you come together for a cause, I think it does help bond people together. And, you know, they say, you know, when people who work together have that bond, when people have friends at work, they, they stay longer and do better work. So it's probably a win-win for you. Exactly. Our group is, big core of our group have been together for 25 years. So wow. um, I think it's, I think you're right on on that. Well, Steve Heimerman, thank you so much for giving us your time and being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If people want to find out about you or they, they need video and they want to find out about Tilt Motion, how do they find you? Well, you can go to tiltmotion.com and all our contact information is there as well as examples of our work. Awesome. Thank you again for being on the show and thank you to everybody who listens because as I say all the time, without the audience, there'd be no reason for the show. We're going to be back in a couple of days with somebody just as cool as Steve. But in the meantime, go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.